Welcome to 1514, a podcast of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. 1514 draws its name from Romans 1514, where the Apostle Paul encourages the church that they are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to counsel one another. I'm your host and the executive director of the BCC, Dr. Curtis Solomon, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of 1514. As always, it's a pleasure to have you with us. Today's episode was a real delight and treat because I had two wonderful guests with me to discuss a really important topic and to share with you a wonderful ministry opportunity. My guests on today's episode are Dr. Andrew Rogers, the Executive Director of OIC, Overseas Instruction and Counseling, and Sarah Shannon, who serves as OIC's Missionary Soul Care Coordinator. It was a wonderful time with these two great guests discussing the issue of how do we provide wonderful biblical counsel and soul care to our missionaries overseas. Do we encourage and support their churches? Do we provide care outside of their churches? How do we incorporate this into sending agencies? Lots of wonderful questions that we talk about on this episode. Sarah also shares with us a wonderful ministry opportunity that OIC is coordinating a network of biblical counselors who have some significant missions experience who are willing to give time to provide biblical counsel to missionaries who are serving overseas. If that's something that God lays on your heart, either before or after listening to this podcast, I encourage you to reach out to them, get connected, and begin serving through that network. Thank you again for listening to 1514. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to this episode of 1514. It's great to have you with us. Today, I'm joined by two guests. I have with me Dr. Andrew Rogers and Sarah Shannon. Andrew, Sarah, thanks so much for joining us today. It's great to, to be, be here. here. Great to be here and glad that I'm tripping over myself even though we're, we're going. So why don't you guys each take a moment and introduce yourself to our audience so they know a little bit more about you. Sarah, ladies first. You know, I just had a feeling you were going to say that, Andrew. (laughs) Um, Yeah, thanks. So I am Sarah Shannon. I've been married to Toby Shannon now for 37 years. Uh, Toby is an MK from Peru. That is a missionary kid who grew up in Peru and always had a desire and a calling to return to Peru as a missionary. We have four adult children and one grandchild. One of our children is also adopted from Peru. Um, I met Jesus through a family crisis when I was uh, a child, about nine years old, but my family was kind of Christmas and Easter, if we make it to church, maybe, Uh, yet God put a call on my life since that age when I met Jesus through friends, and I went to the mission field as a single person. I had no idea where Peru exactly was or what was going to happen there, but um, God used that opportunity for me to meet Toby. And we've worked for many years in discipleship and technical training. It's really out of the realm of normal in my growing up in rural New England. Um, And for my family, it was quite a shock. But um, yeah, so recently we have uh, transitioned to working with adults with disabilities in Peru Mm. uh, in the Andes Mountains. My primary focus is on counseling, helping these people that are at the bottom of the social totem pole. Sometimes the, the beasts of burden are considered more important than they are, helping them to know their identity in Christ Mm. and their value to God. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. And also just thank you for doing that wonderful ministry. Andrew, why don't you uh, give our guests and our audience, you're the guest, an update on yourself. Yeah. So, uh, well, Jenny and I now are in Anaheim Hills, California, which is uh, 20 minutes from Disneyland. So that's, uh, that's a claim to fame there, I guess. 
And so we have a great opportunity now of serving at Kindred Community Church. And uh, so enjoy that uh, as well. Continue to serve as executive director for Overseas Instruction and Counseling, otherwise known as OIC. And uh, so we enjoy that as well. We uh, right now our kids are certainly getting older like everybody's kids. Uh, and so our two sons, one is uh, deployed currently with the Marines. And uh, our second son is going to be a senior at Boyce College and uh, studying business and is currently actually even overseas right now uh, doing a business as missions trip. And so we're excited about that. And our two girls are now one is an upperclassman in high school and she's driving all over Southern California. And, uh, and then our uh, uh, fourth child is uh, she's 15 and going in as a sophomore. So it's uh, a little nutty for Jenny and I, as we sat and reflected on where we are today. And, and we, we sit there and think to ourselves, you know, 10 years ago, do we think this is what we'd be saying about our family? Yeah. And uh, so it's, uh, it's really not. So it's been an amazing ride and an amazing adventure. And so we're very, very happy to be where we are today. Well, thank you both for, for introducing yourselves and Andrew for that update. Some of our long-term listeners will remember my interview with Andrew back in July of 2018. I was shocked when I saw that date. I'm like, man, it's been a, it's been a couple of years since we had you on, but uh, still a BCC council member, good friend, and doing great work there in California. A few months back, though, I got the chance to meet Sarah because we uh, connected with a number of other people who over this interest in, in the topic of counseling overseas missionaries. And it was sparked by a blog that uh, was posted on the BCC website, and a number of people uh, were talking about it. it. was the one church's idea of how to promote a church-based model of overseas uh, care for mission overseas missionaries. And we got a bunch of people on a phone call, and then, Andrew, you took that over, that, that group, and Sarah and Andrew, you've kind of been leading continuing discussions with that group of people. Can you fill our audience in on uh, just kind of who's joining that call? Like what roles and people are you bringing together to talk about that? And, and what are some of the things that have been discussed on those calls? Yeah, it's been a, a pretty good mix of uh, people who are biblical counseling pastors uh, to pastors to uh, those who oversee uh, parachurch ministries, to those who are responsible for member care and missions organizations. So a real good mixture. And then also some full-time missionaries yeah. Yeah. who uh, have a heart for that. And so, um, so it's a real good mix of people. I'd say the main topic has really been, um, you know, what can we do together uh, better than independently of each other? And how can we share resources with one another? And is there anything we can do overall to just help with the care of missionaries, uh, be it the helping of churches uh, that are the home to a number of these missionaries, to missions organizations that are the sending organizations, uh, you know, to just then just any kind of help that could be provided uh, here and there as needed. Um, so those are some of the basic things uh, that uh, we've been talking about. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It was really, I was able to be a part of the first call and then not the, the second call, but it was, it was like you said, just a great group, a mixture of people with lots of different ideas. And the, the 
multitude of ideas that were shared and questions that were raised, I thought was fascinating. Just a really great learning opportunity because uh, as we'll talk a little bit about today, there's not uh, necessarily a one size fits all for every missionary or every church or every organization. But one thing we could all agree on is we need more biblical counseling opportunities for people who are overseas. And, and how do we get that there? Uh, because these people really do need need care. So uh, one of the things, though, that you shared, uh, and Sarah, you shared this specifically, and I wanted to have you guys on the podcast to talk about it, was this um, a network that you've been creating, uh, building out of biblical counselors who are offering counseling to missionaries who are overseas. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Sarah, and, and what, what got that up and running? I would love to tell you more about that. Uh, this is a vision that God has put on the hearts of many people, uh, including myself. It's quite an honor. Several years ago, as I was studying biblical counseling, doing a master's degree in counseling people, Toby and I and my husband had just, you know, we were reflecting over the many people that we had seen come and go from the field, oftentimes uh, with brokenness mm-hmm. that they didn't know where to turn or it was too late by the time. Uh, you know, they actually reached out to help and we saw a big disconnect with churches as well. Uh, they either didn't know how to help their missionaries or didn't know that they should, mm, that they, yeah. um, I recently spoke with a pastor who said, well, we just, you know, send the money and trust that our missionaries are doing what they say they're doing. Mm. And uh, so I had no idea that it's really the church's um, not only responsibility, but privilege to speak in and say, well, how are you not just how are you doing? What are you doing? Are you spending our resources well? But how are you? How are your relationships? How can we come alongside? So this burden had been on my heart for several years. And I talked with we talked with our home church and they didn't really know what to do with that vision of having a care network of biblical counselors with cross-cultural experience to be able to come alongside at no charge to the missionaries on relief workers. Mm. So last year, um, I had uh, reached out to Faith Bible Seminary where I studied and Dr. Bob Kellerman and Dr. Rob Green responded and said, Dr. Kellerman said, hey, you should check in with Andrew Rogers of OIC. I said, that's a great idea. I've been had experience with OIC and I would look forward to that. And then at the ACBC conference, we were able to connect Andrew and I kind of talk about this vision, pray about it. And then we kind of uh, went our separate ways for a while, for several months and just kept praying. And then I received an email one day from Andrew a few months later saying, Hey, Sarah, I think we can do this through OIC. This is something we've been talking about for a few years. ACBC has been talking about it. Um, and we really want to put feet to this. So that's how it got started. That's fantastic. That's really great. What tell our audience, maybe go in a little bit more. You mentioned some of the, uh, you shared a, a, a story, and I think on, honestly, all of us, if we're connected with missionaries in any significant way, we're going to hear some occasionally a great story of care being provided to missionary, but oftentimes we hear these kind of horror stories like you shared of churches who really just cut these missionaries loose and don't even provide any ongoing care. Uh, why, why does that happen, and why is it important for this group to come together and, and do the types of things that you're offering? That is extremely important. Um, and as I said, I think a lot of churches don't know it's their their privilege and responsibility. They don't know how. They don't have training in it. 
Um, I'll give an example. It may not be the one that you heard before of um, a couple in Europe, not as specific as I will be. Uh, and the, one of the couple reached out to me. And when I talked about the home church, sending church, this was a couple in a country in Europe that was their home country. They were missionaries with a large mission organization international to their own country. And they had such fear of going to their mission organization and saying, hey, we're struggling. Our marriage is in trouble here. Mm. They had such fear because they held high positions, positions of esteem and responsibility, and they were afraid of the consequences. And when I spoke of, well, how about your local church? They said, you know, we're older than the pastors are in like their early 30s. They're not trained in biblical counseling. We really don't feel like like that's a, a wise choice for us. We really don't know of pastors in our country that would be equipped to do that well. Um, so there's just one example of why this is important. And so our network is not just focusing on American missionaries overseas or Canadian missionaries overseas. Missionaries are coming out of countries all around the world. We see a huge um, shift in missionaries coming from South America, from Africa. And so our our vision and our goal is to be aware of that and little by little add in more languages. We have counselors now available that um, that speak Spanish, that speak Korean, that speak Lebanese. Um, and there, uh, there's, there's a lot of need out there. Yeah, no, that's really great. And it's wonderful to see how that's, how that's growing. Um, how, how are missionaries finding you? How, how can missionaries find and take advantage of this network that you've developed? So far, that's been primarily word of mouth, people that know us personally, and we've been spreading the word through prayer letters. And um, But we are coming to a place where our technology is catching up and we have the website links available so people can get hold of us. They can find us on the discoveroic.org website under the what category or the what drop down menu for missionary soul care. But I also want to just sort of reiterate that this is also for disaster relief workers. Mm. They are often a demographic that is completely forgotten or just, just people just aren't aware. So I'd like to invite them as well. They can also contact me directly through soulcare at discoveroic.org. And eventually they will find us on Soul Care Online. Soul Care is a platform that we're using for counseling, that churches and some church counseling centers are using this platform also. And they also would like to create a link that would be directly for people that are doing mission work or disaster relief work and that, that would connect to us. No, that's really that's really fantastic and that's uh, great. So tell tell everybody the website again or the email where they can reach you if they're interested in getting care. Sure. Uh, this would be for potential counselees. It would also be for counselors, biblical counselors who have experience and a heart for this uh, ministry. So the website is www.discoveroic.org. Go to the What drop down menu to Missionary Soul Care. They can contact us directly via email at soulcare, one word lowercase, at discoveroic.org. That's really good. And Sarah, you, sh you shared some examples of, of situations where missionaries would need to take advantage of this. Either there, there isn't care being provided through their home church or through their sending organization, or maybe the care that's being offered is, is not what they're looking for, in some cases not even biblical, right? I mean, I, I know a number of uh, missions organizations where I've had friends who they have a yearly checkup 
with the organization, and really they found that the the person doing the checkup is really just listening for flags to bring them home uh, and get them psycho psychological help if they mention some problem or flag word, but they're not actually there to provide biblical care for those those missionaries on the ground. But um, there are also times where maybe people shouldn't take advantage of this network, but utilize maybe something that is in place. Can you, Andrew, maybe you share, speak to that? Um, when a missionary is on the field, who should not be <laughs> coming to you guys for care? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, we don't want to in any way take away from the ministry of the church. I mean, we're we're about the local church. And so wholeheartedly, in an ideal situation, someone would come from a good, healthy church uh, and that they could receive care from that church when they're in uh, a time of need. At the same time, in some cases, too, they're attending a church on the field. That's very solid and is providing great help. I have a missionary friend uh, right now who's just he attends a, a wonderfully solid biblically based sufficiency of scripture based uh, church that is providing him tremendous care. And so those those kind of folks, we certainly they don't need to come to us uh, if they have that kind of support and help. I think even to uh, ascending missionary organization that is uh, well-equipped with people that are going to open the scriptures to others and help them understand their circumstance in a theological, biblical, godly way and respond to it well. Uh, they don't really need to come. Uh, but for those who are out there and they're in the mission field and they either A, don't have that support or B, the support is there, but it's much more secular than it is biblical, then most certainly then come to us yeah. uh, and we'll be happy to help you. Uh, and, and that's what we've experienced. I mean, even in my own experience of traveling the um, you know, there've been a couple of times where we're in country and missionaries in the country learn that there's a um, counseling pastor in, you know, in the country. Yeah. And so um, they're asking, Hey, can we spend some time with you? And in some cases, as I've spent time with them, you know, it, would, it just required a couple little tweaks here and there. Uh, and some of it was just correcting some really bad counsel that they had received mm -hmm. and, and just simply offering a, a simple biblical correction to that that has proven very helpful for them. Uh, so that's that's really where we're at. And um, I think eventually, you know, if we can help churches, we can help sending agencies develop. Uh, a good, solid, you know, biblical approach to caring for their missionaries, uh, then uh, we'd love to be able to do that. Uh, and even in some cases, be a, not just reactive. I mean, to a certain extent right now, we're, we're reactive, right? You, yeah. you, you are going to come to us. We're going to react to you kind of a thing. But at, at the same time, we'd also like to be intentional. And so as we go out and do our training of pastors and, and ministry leaders uh, in other countries, we would love to even be able to send a little convoy of people who are available to counsel yeah. and who can just go there and in some cases be able to provide that kind of help right where the missionaries live. And so it doesn't require them to come off the field in order to get help, uh, but that some people are going to come and actually be with them and help them work, work through some particular issues. So, yeah. 
So I hope that's helpful. Yeah, no, that's really, that's, that's really helpful. And it's really encouraging. And kind of like we were talking about that group where we were brainstorming different ways of, uh, it was encouraging to see how many people who have influence admission organizations are really pushing biblical counsel to provide for the missionaries on the field. Um, for plenty of reasons, the, there are lots of groups and organizations that don't do that. Or I just know even as a kid growing up, you think pastors and missionaries are people who have it all together and they don't need <laughs> any help. They've, they're perfect, right? That's why we send them on the field because they look like Jesus. Uh, but that's just not reality and they need the care. So on the, on the flip side, the network obviously has to be supplied by counselors who have time to give uh, free care to missionaries that are on the field. What, um, what kind of commitment are you asking of people to join this network and to participate in it? Uh, could I jump back? Could I jump back a second to yeah, the question that Andrew was working through? Yeah. Um, just to to uh, come alongside with what he was saying, absolutely. I kind of like to give a visual image. Hmm. And that might be, you know, we know that we're all in spiritual battle in this life, correct? Uh, and so I love Paul's uh, analogies and that of being in the battle. There is a verse in 2 Corinthians 2.14, that says, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. And as I think about this verse and the missionaries that go out and that that image of spreading the fragrance of Christ, that's so important for the edification of the church, the testimony of the Lord. Um, and the battle image here, Christ is leading the soldiers to the throne of God. In the time when Paul was writing, many battles and wars were fought and the leader of the battle would come back with the victorious army and they would present before the king or the leading ruler. And ours is before the throne of God. But as those soldiers return, they are battered. They are bruised. They have limbs missing. They are bandaged and bloody. And they are helping each other following Christ, led by Christ, undergirded by Christ, but they are helping each other. And so that's kind of a visual image of how I see this network, that we are coming alongside kind of like medics, um, because we're bruised and battered too, but we are supported and healed and empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. So we're all coming alongside each other to help each other in this procession with Christ. So we as counselors, as biblical counselors for the missionaries in particular, relief workers, we're like the the battle medic or the EMT coming alongside, but the pastors, the lay leaders, the disciplers, the mentors in their churches, they're the full-time shepherds. Mm -hmm. And we really want to connect well with them. We do encourage, it's not obligatory, but we do encourage in our counseling with the missionaries that they have an advocate with them. Someone that is from their home sending church or their local church that they're involved in. Someone that can help walk in the process with them and then continue the transition when, when biblical counseling is finished for them at that time. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's really great. And that's a good way to multiply ministry by through training as well. Because while that advocate or ally is sitting in the room with them, they are getting equipped 
to do that, hopefully not just with that couple or that person, but with others in their church as well. So that's that's phenomenal. That's a great, great connection. So uh, go, going back to fast forwarding again to that question, the people who are supplying the network or becoming part of the network, what are they, what's their level of commitment? What do they need to have? I know you mentioned a few things, but fill us in on who you're looking for. Sure. Um, We have people in a variety of situations. Some are on extended assignment in the States. Some are on full-time assignment overseas. Some are in in transition. And so we keep a very updated um, resource list. So they let me know their availability, when they're going to be available, when they're not. It could be uh, just one case at a time. It could be a few hours a month. Uh, They also on the soul care platform have a place to put their calendar availability. So when they're counseling someone, that person can see time that is blocked off, et cetera. We want to make it as um, as easy as possible for both sides to connect and, and do care. So the people we're looking for would be people with a heart for missions, perhaps their cross-cultural experience um, was a couple of years on the field and then back in the States. Uh, I would say someone who went on a summer short-term mission trip for two weeks when they were a teenager, that is awesome. And we pray that God used that mightily in their life, but I wouldn't consider that significant cross-cultural experience. Yeah. However, anything beyond that, I would love to talk to people and, um, and see if we're a good fit. And so far, it's been an amazing experience um, interviewing both potential counselors and counselees. It, there's a lot of crisis um, and trauma sometimes involved, which is pretty heavy for me. At the same time, they share testimony of what God has done in and through them and some very amazing circumstances. So are there any other, so uh, do they have to have a certification in place already, a certain level of training before they, you and in addition to the cross-cultural experience? Uh We want to be sure that we have uh, a bar that's measurable so that especially missionaries or relief workers that don't really know much about biblical counseling, we have a fact sheet that they can learn about it before they request care. And we do we do require certification, either ACBC or IABC. Um, If someone is in the process of certification, is that close to the end, we're happy to talk to them and get them on our on our list to help help them prepare and uh, welcome them in. We also have some people that have master's level training and come from a training background that isn't necessarily connected with ABC. So that's up for discussion. All right. Uh, and then do you, is there a minimum number of hours you're looking for from the counselors or is it just whatever availability they have? Uh, That is a good question. Since we're starting out, I think really it's whatever availability they have. Things are always changing in life. Yes. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, And that's, I remember um, as a young missionary, the, the basically the training I got was you have to be flexible like jello. That was my orientation. Yeah, no, that's good. Well, I'm because I, I want to. Re, I'm trying to recruit for you, so I'm just wanting to get all of our listeners to know exactly what they need to have in place before they contact you and say, "I want to help." Because uh, I think there are a number of people in our audience, and if the Lord's laying on your heart uh, just a passion for missions and and to care for our missionaries well, and you'd be interested, I'd uh, highly encourage you to reach out and and become uh, a part of this network so that you can provide more care. And uh, that's just amazing. So again, how can the listeners connect to you if they're interested in providing this kind of care? 
Uh, once again, the OIC website is www.discoveroic.org. Go up to the what section at the top in the drop down menu, Missionary Soul Care. They can also contact me personally at soulcare at discoveroic.org. Um, one of our counselors, when I asked him why he thought counseling missionaries was, um, and he's also part of the OIC staff, why it was important, he said, you know, Sarah, the lack of pastoral care is the greatest threat that I see to longevity and faithfulness on the field. And so I want to encourage those that might be listening that are involved in pastoral care. We are so thankful for you. Keep at it. Keep getting training. Consider us a resource. Um, if you're not a missionary and you're not um, uh, and you're a part of ascending, maybe you sponsor missionaries, you sponsor missionaries through your church. Please spread the word that the resource is available to them. Yeah, no, that's really great. And if you're, I think if you're also a part of a church who, and you love missions and you think about paying for and praying for missionaries, uh, and you're not sure what your church is doing to offer care, soul care to the missionaries on the field, ask, reach out to your pastoral staff, your, your leadership and see what is in place to make sure we are caring for our missionaries. And if there's nothing, make sure you share the word of this, this, this network. Andrew, any other words of encouragement, things you would say to people to uh, just inspire them, encourage them to consider jumping on this network? Yeah, absolutely. I think we just all have to understand that uh, we all need to be involved in missions at some level. Uh, it's, I mean, it's pretty clear, right? We need, we do need to go to all the nations and, um, I, I don't want us to be a part of me. I don't want to be like the early church in acts. I mean, when you think about it, right, you can learn the hard way. You can learn, you can learn by counsel or crucible, <laughs> you know, and you, you have the church, Jesus gives them a very clear command and, uh, and then it takes crucible to finally get them to spread out and go. And I think sometimes in our, let me just say it this way. Um, you know, when you, a lot of times we like talking about conservative theology and liberal theology and, but conservative theology, if we, if we say we believe what we believe, it, it seems like that would promote a liberality in the way we spend our time and the way we invest our finances in um, traveling, going overseas uh, and, and then providing help uh, for those who are doing that on a regular basis. And, um, you know, and, and that's that's uh, something I think we again, we all need to be committed to at some level. So I would just say, you know, to to anyone there, just overall view, what am I doing to be involved in missions? Mm. Period. Just what am I doing? At what level am I involved? Am I regularly praying for that? Uh, because we need to be praying for the workers of the harvest. Uh, we need to be praying for those who are working in the harvest, uh, that they would be strengthened and sustained by the steadfast love of the Lord. Uh, and then am I giving, do I need to give financially? Is that where I need to be? Uh, and then what can I do to go? And I think as people who are equipped and trained in biblical counseling, there's, there is a stewardship issue of being a steward of what God has given you. And he's given you some training. He's given you some equipping. He's given you some experience. And so if you still have a pulse and uh, trusting that you still have the Holy Spirit, which you do, then man, let's go. And, and let's be a part of that. And so one role even could be that of, of counseling and being available to counsel missionaries, full-time people that are in the throes of just, you know, uh, being dispersed, 
being away from family, being in complete uncomfortable circumstances on a pretty regular basis. And they need, they need us. They need people to come alongside them. They need the church. And so we, we need to be the church to them uh, because we need them on the field and we need more people on the field. So uh, this is a very, very important ministry. It's part of the, again, it's part of what it means to be here. You know, our lives are not our own. Um, the church is the only organization on the planet that is making known the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so um, we have a number of missionaries right now that are coming off the field that don't have to. And so uh, I think we can be a part of helping that, um, uh, you know, strengthen them and strengthen the church in, uh, in the long run. Yeah. Well, Andrew, you're really passionate about that. Maybe you should run an organization that, you know, finds missionaries to go overseas and train people in biblical counseling. That, that seems like a calling you should you should look oh, into. <laughs> give it some thought. Thank you. <laughs> well, Sarah, you, you mentioned, you brought up a, another point that you wanted to share. Tell, tell us a little bit too. Uh, it's not just the missionaries themselves, because uh, people don't often, oftentimes people go with other people, like their families. Uh, who else maybe could benefit from these, this network as well? Yeah, I would really like to mention missionary kids. There has been more in the literature over the last years about missionary kids and TCKs or third culture kids. Um, And this is a demographic that oftentimes feels very isolated, feel very um, different when they return to the home country, which for them might not even really be a home country. It's their parents' home country, just a lot of transitions. So I'm really thrilled that we have a couple of people starting out with this on the network, one that specializes in working with missionary kids, another that specializes in helping missionary kids apply to college. Hmm. That's We definitely need more. We need more women. We need more people that are skilled in trauma counseling Um, when you deal with relief workers, but missionaries as well. You know, they're facing storms. They're facing war. They're facing human trafficking, really heavy things. And um, I was recently in a training that uh, we had a guest speaker who was with the World Food Program, the director of that Um, through the United Nations. And he said, you know, earthquakes, tsunamis, things that we're seeing, just the food security, we're talking people on the brink of starvation by the hour, is increasing dramatically. We are seeing this of biblical proportions, and we are getting further and further behind at the very small percentage of people we're able to reach just with food, food security. So these are people really on the front lines. And um, in my experience with disaster relief, there are a number of missionary kids that sign up for this kind of work. They come together in a community where they feel like they can relate to these, um, to different cultures. And well, I think I'm getting off on a rabbit trail, but <laughs> I'll go back to just the importance of helping families. Yeah. I have a family that reached out. We have a family that reached out recently going through some important transitions and difficulties. And they said, hey, can you help our kids? Well, mm-hmm. sometimes we're not going to be the ones. This family needs in-person care um, and the kids need people that are well-trained to work with children. So they have found a biblical organization in Turkey that they will spend um, a period of time at before they come back to the States. And then our missionaries will come alongside as well as their, as people from their home sending church. So that's a really ideal situation. 
Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up to just broaden our understanding of the needs that are out there and to share that with people. And just one logistic thing that I forgot to mention, uh, you mentioned, Andrew, the potential for in the future taking people overseas with you physically, but the majority of the network are doing their care uh, online uh, via Zoom or some other online platform. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, that's right. Is actually being face-to-face, uh, interaction with people, uh, in addition, I mean, certainly continue to do things by zoom and online. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think there's, I think we've all learned how important it is just to have that face-to-face time yeah. and how meaningful that can be. So we, we want to be that to people. We just want to be a great encouragement. Yeah, very good. So if you're if you're listening and the Lord's laid on your heart that you want to to give some of your time and your skill and as as Andrew mentioned the stewardship that's been entrusted to you to this kind of work, you can do it from anywhere, sitting in your living room or your your office online or you can contact uh uh Sarah or Andrew and and find out more ways to get involved and give an hour, three hours, five hours, whatever you want of your week uh, to caring for those who are out there on the front lines of mission work. So Andrew and Sarah, thanks so much for being with us on 1514 and thanks so much for the work that you're doing. It's an honor, Curtis. Thank you. Enjoy it, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you for listening to today's episode of 1514. If you'd like to find out more about the Biblical Counseling Coalition, you can visit our website at biblicalcc.org. Special thanks to our podcast engineer, James Wills, who does all the post-production editing to make this podcast sound so wonderful. Also want to thank my assistant, Carrie Felton, for helping to arrange these interviews. And a special thanks to Andrew Riddell, who composed and recorded the music we use on 1514. I hope you have a wonderful day.